BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I kind of a little bit lost my voice, but I think you'll be able to hear me. It's it's coming back. It's coming back. I was just at my friend's wedding last weekend. And actually right now, as you are listening to this episode, I'm at another friend's wedding in Mexico. I'm feeling so grateful to just be able to celebrate all my friends and their happiness. Like I am such a committer when it comes to going to a wedding. I make best, like I'm, I go out of my way to like make best friends with like the family of the bride and the groom. Like I get very, very into it and very invested. I don't know why. Like I think it's just my Libra-ness. Like I just love love. And so I just get get all up in there. And um, last weekend was my friend Katie's wedding. Actually, Katie and Brian came on this podcast. They were our 100th episode and they talked about their relationship. So if you're curious about it, you should absolutely go back and listen to that episode after this. They're adorable. I went to BU with Brian and I met Katie through Brian when they started dating years ago. And they're just like such a sweet, special couple. And they're both Scorpios. We love twin signs dating and their dog is even a Scorpio. Like it's so adorable. I also love it because they're the same sign and they're married and Katie's parents are the same sign and they're married. They're two Capricorns. I wonder what Brian's parents' signs are. I should have asked, you know, but I can still find out. Anyway, it was a beautiful wedding. It was in Miami and it was like our group of friends from BU was were all there and it was it was really really nice. And it made me think about kind of like group dynamics a little bit, which happens when you're hanging out like in a crew, in a group. And for some reason, I've always been super sensitive to group dynamics. Like I don't know what it is, I can't help myself but I am sensitive. And so, you know, it's like, I'm always aware of like, oh, am I not close with this person in that group? Is this person closer with someone else in that group? I don't know why I care. Like I, you know, you might be listening and being like, I don't care about that at all. Like, I'm just happy to have friends. And I respect that. And I'm jealous of that. But for some reason, I'm like, what's the dynamic? Um, Does everyone hate me? I don't know why, like, I don't know why I go there, but there was like 
a photo op. There was like a picture of all of the couples that was taken together at the cocktail hour. It wasn't even with the bride and groom. It was just all the couples. And and I was not where they were when they were taking the photo. And, and the photo got taken without me. And of course, like my first thought, and I think this is honestly because I grew up going to an all-girls school and I had some tormented moments with the girls at school. And so, by the way, I was probably tormenting them too. But I got like dumped by my group of friends when I was in sixth grade. And I think it just like always stuck with me. I was like, oh my God, everybody wants to dump me. You know, I don't know. I don't know why. Again, but this photo was taken and I felt like, so and and like I could I could see it happening. I caught the tail end. Like I turned and I was like, oh, that photo's happening and I'm not in it, in it. And I was so hurt. And like I don't know if it's justified, but you know, sometimes you don't have to justify your emotions. I was really hurt. I was like, I can't believe, you know, some of my best friends are in that photo. I can't believe they didn't say like, where's Lindsay and Steven, you know? Or like maybe they did a girl's photo, like, where's Lindsay? I just feel like I'm the kind of person that's so inclusive that I'm always like, oh, where's Joan? You know, where's Bobby? Like whatever it is. And that hurt me. But that goes back to like when you have expectations for friends or really anyone, you're going to be let down. Like what I should have done if I was confident in that moment in all of these friendships and like just thinking in wise mind and not emotion mind. I should have just run over and been like, hello, you forgot us. We're not here. Let's take that photo again, please, with all of us. Or I could have just, when we were all standing together later in the night, asked to take a photo. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why I overthink that stuff so much and get so sensitive about it. And then I'm like, oh, well, like they don't regard me as a close friend. So like, you know, I just do a whole thing. I'm like, I'm not going to talk to them for the rest of the night. And then obviously I got over it and did, but it's like, why, why, like, why are friendships so sensitive, you know? And like, they change so much. And it's like, you know, you have like a really close friend who you talk to every day. And then like that person ends up, you know, not talking to you every day, but you know that she's talking to someone else every day. And it's like, it's weird. It's like when you're married, not that I know because I've been married for like a month, but like now that I'm married and like Steven's amazing and my partnership is amazing, I'm like, what else can I stress about? Oh, my friendships, you know? And like, that's not healthy. I don't know why I'm doing that. I also forgot to tell you that the episode today is so fun. It's with Jordana Abraham. She's another co-founder of Betches. We've had Sammy on. She was great. Jordana has a pod dating podcast. So I was like, oh, obviously we have to have her on. I don't know why it took so long, but here we are. It's going to be a great episode. And then I'm I'm just going to go over a few more things that you asked and then we'll get right to it. Sorry about my friendship. God, I sometimes I feel like I'm just in therapy right now, but no one's talking back to me. But maybe someone related to that because, you know, we all feel that way, except like, I don't know. Maybe some people don't. There's always that like one friend that like coasts through the friendship stuff because like everyone wants to be their friend. You know what I mean? But I think it can be hard. And I think if certain two people are closer than another two people, you know, it's, it's tough. And I've just, I feel really lucky because I have like 
one best friend from home that's like so consistent in my life. Like we talk every day and I'm just really grateful for that. How to deal with rejection from someone you know you're better than. When someone rejects you and you get confused because you didn't even think that you liked them, but them rejecting you makes you feel like, did I like them? Oh, this is the worst. Like, this is why we have to focus on like, how do I feel about them? Because if you didn't like them, it shouldn't matter that they rejected you. They just picked up on you not liking them. Think of it like that, you know, but it's hard. It's hard because especially when you get rejected from someone that you're like, oh, I wouldn't have even thought about dating them. Then you're like, but then they rejected me. Like, am I disgusting? You know, and it like, it really affects your, your confidence. But the reality is like, there's so much more to it than you think. We have no idea why they rejected you, but also like, it's such a blessing that somebody that you think you're better than rejected you because now you put yourself back in check and you say, I don't even go for people that I think I'm better than from now on. Cause that's, that's curse from the start, you know? And then you just reframe that from now on. Can it be? So we did this poll. Can it be normal not to talk to your significant other for a few days when they're on a bachelor or bachelorette weekend? Yes. Focusing on friends or no bad sign. And I'm shocked as to how many people said it's normal. What I will say is when I'm with my girlfriends having a good time, maybe on a bachelorette weekend, yeah, I'm not going to text my significant other as much, of course. But days without texting them or them not texting me, forget the bachelor bachelorette thing. Forget that. If they didn't do that without having been on a bachelor bachelorette, you talk to your partner every day. You, a day doesn't go by ever where you don't talk to your significant other. That's a breakup. That's not like, oh, I'm hanging with my girlfriends. Like that's a breakup. You check in at least once a day, at least once a day. It's especially if my, if my husband was on a bachelor party and he didn't hit me up for three days, that's called he's in a new relationship. That's called he's been cheating for three days straight. Like What? Trust me, he has time. He's on a bachelor, bachelor party. You don't check your phone at the door. Everyone's still holding their phones at all times, taking photos of the bride, the, the groom, you know, like don't be sus. That is not cool. And like healthy communication is checking in every day. That's it. Someone asked about rules beyond the first six dates. They really continue. Like obviously the sex rules and things like that, like not, you know, not a thing, but like, they continue as in like, you should still be letting them initiate, like let them pursue you, continue to let them pursue you. And, you know, obviously some change, like you can now initiate dates and things like that. But like most, like I still not really like, obviously not now because I'm, because I'm married, but like when we were dating, like I would still let him text me more than I texted him. I was like, yeah, no, like, he, he needs to be missing me a little bit always, you know? And I think also just rules after the se- the sixth date, you still want to like end those phone calls, be the first person to end those phone calls. You still want to do like little things because you're not out of the woods yet. Like you'll be out of the woods when like they're your significant other. But like until then, you still do those things, you know? Like don't, 
like make sure you still have your own life. I think that's the most important part. Six states in, like have your own thing going on. Don't forget about that. Don't just throw it away because you had six good dates. Like continue to do the things that you would do regardless. And I went way over and I really want you to hear Jordana. So I'm going to turn it over. When was the last time you changed your bra or like washed it even? Because for me, it was honestly like maybe a year ago. I'm sorry if that's disgusting. But once I find an amazing bra, I need to wear it every day. And then all the other bras don't exist at all. Like everyone has that favorite bra. And at Third Love, for me, it's the classic 24-7. It's called the classic t-shirt bra. It's their number one bra. And for a reason, it offers unparalleled comfort thanks to every unique detail in its fit, style, function, and design. It's loved and worn by millions of women and it doesn't pinch and it doesn't dig, which is what makes a really great bra. It's ultra thin memory foam cups give your boobs everyday comfort and support. And you know what? It's not one of those bras where it looks like your boobs are folding over them and it's awkward. Like, you know what I'm talking about. So that's been my favorite thing. And ever since I got my 24-7 classic t-shirt bra, I have personally not taken it off or washed it. So sorry, but it's perfect. All you have to do is go to thirdlove.com slash Acme. You're going to get 20% off. You're going to upgrade your bra to another bra that you can wear 24-7. And by the way, all these bras are made by women for women to fit, feel, and look great. So you shouldn't be trusting anyone but women to make your bras. Your bra size can also change six times in a lifetime. Like when I went off birth control, my bra size changed. Sometimes it doesn't change. Sometimes it goes back. You got to find a bra that works for you and works to fit all of the different changes. Plus, Third Love is the largest donor of undergarments in the U.S. and they partner with organizations across the U.S. and have donated over 40 million worth of bras to help people in need. Give your boobs the 24-7 comfort and support they deserve. Upgrade your bra today and get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash Acme. That's 20% off at thirdlove.com slash Acme. It's finally getting nice out in New York City. I couldn't be happier. I think it was like 70 degrees the other day. I mean, what could be better than that? This is like the perfect weather before it gets way, way too hot. And part of it being so amazing that it's nice out is that we can be outside again. And we have this like rooftop in our apartment and there's no furniture on it. So like if we want to have friends come hang with us this summer, there's nothing up there. Thank God Article launched their new line of outdoor products for summer 2022, like oversized statement loungers, streamlined dining pieces even, and easy to style sofas for all your backyard or rooftop needs. They've got 42 new pieces plus a selection of bestsellers from seasons past. Article is truly the best because it is a boutique furniture store with the comfort and simplicity of shopping online. And everything is curated to a T. So if you're like, I have no idea what sofa to get, you only have a few options and they're all curated by people who know what they're doing. 
If prices are fair, you save up to 30% over traditional retail prices. An article is able to keep their prices low because they cut out the middleman and sell directly to you. That means no wait for all your pieces. The shipping is fast and affordable and it's free on orders over $999. So if you're, if you're balling out, you get something a little free. Articles offering our listeners $50 off their first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, you can visit article.com slash Acme and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash Acme and you'll get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. So check it out. Check out their outdoor furniture and get ready for summer with Article. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes. Join me every Monday for a new episode of my podcast, Recovering from Reality. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, I'm here to deliver intimate conversations and expert insights to empower you on the road towards authentic wellness. So are you ready to recover from reality? Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with co-founder of Betches and You Up podcast, Jordana Abraham. Hey. Hey, um, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for coming on. I feel like you've been highly requested for many, many years. Um, and I feel like you're like the authority of all dating for Betches. So thank you. <laughs> it's it's necessary that we chat. It's always great to speak with a fellow dating enthusiast in New York yes, City. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and we've had Jared on the podcast twice now. So I feel like we oh, needed cool. you. Yeah. We needed you. Um, so speaking of Jared, tell us a little bit about how you up began. It's a dating podcast. You co-host it with Jared Freed, who's a comedian. Yes. How did you guys meet and decide to do a dating podcast? Good question. Uh Jared and I met probably about 10 years ago, he started off hosting. We used to do this this uh, sort of traveling comedy show like Batches of Comedy. And ironically, he was the he was like the host who had introduced all the female uh, comedians. So we met that way. And then we had kind of just like always sort of like worked with him in like a dating adjacent way because he would do like a sort of the male view on dating. Mm -hmm. um, and he would do a lot of questions on Instagram story. And, and I think uh, we, we launched you up. It was our second podcast at Batches in 2017. And he just seemed like a really natural fit. He was like really, our audience responded really well to him. He seemed to like let them inside the male brain. Mm -hmm. And I had always been really, really into dating content and just like figuring out, trying to, you know, untangle all of the different messages that you're given about dating growing up. And for me, especially like my parents have been divorced many times. So it was always like something that interested me in terms of figuring out like, you know, what did I know growing up is true and like, what should I keep and what should I let go? Cause that's not particularly serving me in the dating space. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have so many questions, but I realized that I forgot to ask how old you are and where you're from and what your current relationship status is. So sure. So I am 32. I'm originally from Long Island, uh, Roslyn, and I'm married. I just got married in November. Congratulations. Yes. <laughs> Thank and you. And your husband's name is Mike? Yes. Okay. Michael, Mike, whatever. Yeah. Okay. What does he like to go by? I think he goes by Mike now. He, okay. He used to go by Michael, I think, when he was like younger and now he goes by Mike. Okay. It's funny how it yes. changes like back and forth. Mm -hmm. I actually, so my husband's name is Steven and yeah. I, in in public, I call him by his full name. 
Okay. And like, do you, do you call him Mike in public or Michael? Like when you're referring to him, you're like, oh, Michael's over there. Or Mike's over there. I think I refer to him as Mike. Okay. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's funny though, because like, because he was used to go by Michael a lot more. And I mean, guys, a lot of their friends always called him other last names. Right. Right. But his parents call him Michael, which mm-hmm. is like a little strange, but yeah, I guess, I don't know. It's fine. It works. Okay. I love <laughs> it. So backing up back to starting you up. So sure. you started it, what, like four years ago now? Yes. Okay. And when you first started the podcast, what was your relationship status? Had you met Mike? Mm -hmm. We had been dating about four-ish months, I think, at that point. So it was definitely like relatively new. It was very recently like even made official, I would Mm. say. So it it was an interesting time to like navigate that situation. But I do feel lucky that I'm married to someone who doesn't really mind me talking about past dating and dating and stuff like that that has nothing to do with him or past relationships or past even like, you know, sexual activity or anything like that. He doesn't he doesn't really get very like jealous or insecure about that. So that's very nice. I don't feel like I have to censor myself. Right. Totally. Yeah. So you were never single for you up. No, I wasn't. That's um, so interesting. Yeah. Because I feel like Jared has gone in and out a little bit. Yes. He's um, our, our guinea pig. But I have gone through all the different phases. So it's been right. Right. Cool That's to true. Do that. yeah. That's true. And I'm sure your listeners are like feeling so connected to like when you got married because of that. Totally. And I also spent, I would say, like the vast majority. I was single from uh, like just after college until I met Mike. I mean, I had a bunch of like small little like three month or things, mm-hmm. but I was never in, I hadn't been in a relationship until then. So I felt like I had a lot to say about just dating in New York and the ups and downs and like the struggle of that up until that moment. Totally. And so how did you and Mike meet? We were set up. He went to, he actually is from a neighboring town on Long Island from Jericho, but I'd never known him growing up. And then one of my friends from college started dating his friend from high school. And um, I asked him to set me up and set me up with Mike. And that was basically it. I love that. I love how proactive you were about it. Like just set me up, you know? Right. I mean, I think I I got into a point where I was, I definitely wouldn't have been, I think when I was younger, I think I would be a little bit more embarrassed or like, you know what I mean? Like it felt kind of vulnerable to Mm -hmm. say I'm looking to meet someone and I really want to meet someone. But by the time I did it, I was like, I don't care. I'd, I'd want to be in a relationship and I'm going to like actively try to find a match. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I mean, you knew what you wanted. Yeah. And when is Mike's birthday? When is your birthday? Because we're a little bit into astrology over here. Oh, cool. His birthday is, I don't know what sign he is. He's uh, July 31st. Okay. He's a Leo. Okay. And I am September 7th. So I'm a Virgo. You're a Virgo. I love that. That's so interesting because Jared is your opposite sign. Interesting. He's which is, is he a Pisces? He's a Pisces, okay. which is really good for, for co-hosting because you have like opposing opinions sometimes or maybe maybe not all the time, but a lot of the time. A lot of the time, yeah, we definitely we definitely do. I think that's sort of the beauty of You Up is a lot of it kind of feels like a little bit of like a battle of the sexes in mm-hmm. some way or that's when we started it. That's kind of what we wanted it to, to be, just the different takes in the same situation between men and women. And I think for dating, that's, so true. You have the same situation and the man and the woman in the situation are often looking at it from completely different perspectives, seeing it from a totally different way. It's so true. It's like men are from, what is it? Men are from Mars, Mars women yeah. are from Venus. But I was curious, like Mike, when you started dating and you had this podcast with Jared, like, mm-hmm. did he agree with Jared's opinions or your opinions more? Like, did he feel like Jared was representative of him as well? 
I think he thinks of Jared as definitely like able to explain, especially when we go over like fights we have and I'll tell them to Jared. And Jared really will bring a lot of Mike's perspective, I think, to life. And so I think he appreciates that aspect of him. Although I think he might think that he's maybe like a little further on the spectrum of of male behaviors than than my husband is. Right. So yeah. I think he agrees, but maybe his views are a little bit uh, more typical of, of a guy who's maybe single for longer. Right. <laughs> totally. Did you think, and this is the last question I'll ask about Jared, because I feel so, bad I'm like no, berating him. No, totally fine. Um, do you think that you saw Jared's breakup coming or did you think they were going to last? It's so hard to say, you know, because I don't, I didn't, Jared and I, you know, we have a podcast we host every week and we talk a lot, but I, I've only really seen them together a number of times, maybe like three mm-hmm. in person. So I really, I, I really couldn't say, you really can only like know what I think from a couple, you get a lot more from seeing them interact and right. seeing them together. And that's not really what, I didn't really have much exposure to that, especially in COVID. Mm-hmm. So going back to your relationship with Mike, you start dating, you get set up, it's working out. How long into dating did you make things like official and how did that go? Did he ask you to be his girlfriend? Did you bring it up? I actually brought it up. We were dating for like about two months and we had been seeing each other like, I don't know, at that point, like three, 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 maybe four times a week. So it was like, it kind of felt like it was more real than anything else that I had really experienced before. And I think I just said to him one one night, I was like, are you seeing anyone else? And kind of like in a, in a thought, and he was like, I wouldn't, even, I don't really know like if I would even have time to see anyone yeah. else. Like we've, <laughs> but we are together all the time. And I think the, through that discussion, it kind of came up like, I, I'm, we're not going to see anyone else. And then he was like, to me, like, that's the same thing as being in a relationship and I'm happy to call you my girlfriend. And that was basically how it came to be. But I definitely did initiate the conversation. I think he was waiting until after my birthday so that he Mm -hmm. would have less pressure. (laughs) I love it. But it sounds like the confidence that you had to initiate that conversation came from the fact that you were spending so much time together Mm -hmm. that you were like, you kind of knew that the answer was going to be no. Totally. I felt good. I felt like pretty confident that it was going that way. But also you never really know. I mean, I'm sure you hear stories of that too, where it's like we've been acting as if we've been dating for months. Right, like I've met their mom, but like they're still not. Right, and then you say something and they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What would possibly give you that idea? It's not like I told you I loved you and I hang out with you all the time and I've met everyone you know. The absolute worst. Yeah. Do you Did you follow any like rules when it came to the dating stage with Mike? Whether it's like, you know, waiting to sleep with him mm-hmm. or anything like that or, or you know, waiting for him to say I love you first. I think that when I was younger, I definitely used to do try to follow more rules and I would read all the dating books and try to be, you know, act a certain way. But I did find, I think by the time I met him, that a lot of that stuff maybe like got you further into dating, mm-hmm. but didn't really guarantee that you were going to be able to be with the person because once they found out who, like it was a lot of it kind of felt to me like it was putting on, like trying to act in a way that the other person liked or found appealing without while like sort of holding back parts of yourself. Mm. So I think by the time I met him, I was, I had tried a lot of that stuff and it hadn't really worked. And I was trying new stuff and the new stuff was really just to be more upfront, to be more vulnerable. And that was definitely really hard. And I'm sure I played, I mean, I didn't, I don't think we slept together until like 
the fourth date. So I'm sure there was definitely something in the back of my head of like following that rule. But I think generally speaking, I was working in therapy at the same time to try to like be able to communicate better and to vocalize my actual needs Mm -hmm. um, instead of sort of like playing it cool or playing a game or like waiting a certain amount of time to text back. And that's all stuff I definitely used to do and have done. But Mm -hmm. I think I was doing less when it came to him. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like a, you know, once you know yourself, it's like take what you need from said set of rules. Right. And then like ad lib the rest based off of what works for you. Totally. And I think the sleeping together thing, I mean, like, get that question all the time. Like, should you sleep with someone on the first date? Should you not? And I think that if if you're not someone who gets more attached from sex or it doesn't change the way that you behave with someone, then sure, sleep with someone whenever you want to sleep with them. Right. But knowing myself, that would always make me, if I, if I slept with someone earlier than I think, earlier than when I knew that, felt like I knew them and trusted them, mm-hmm. I felt like that often made me like them more. Right. And so I was more invested just like in this artificial way. So I do, I did, try to wait more for myself than to like make them like me. Yeah. Or the opposite. Like I've had a situation where I slept with someone early on and it made me less like I, it was like bad, you know? Really? And I was like, oh God, now I don't like them. So it made you like them less. Yeah. Like it okay. made me over them because it was bad. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I feel like it could go either way, but like for that reason. I don't know. I probably should have like known them a little more and then maybe I would have been able to look past the fact that it was bad because I liked them and then like known to, you know, like to work on it. I'm so grateful that this podcast exists so I could share some of my, you know, struggles with you guys with the friend stuff. I feel like that's just such a fluctuating thing in my life, maybe in your life. And, you know, it definitely affects my mental health a little bit. And I feel like my mental health needs to be on point when you, especially when I go into like a group scenario and I couldn't do that without therapy. I really couldn't. Like, I don't understand how anyone functions walking around the world if they're not in therapy, especially with what we're all dealing with between like COVID and just life today. There's just so many different platforms that make you feel so bad. And talking to a real mental health professional is really so important. Talkspace has thousands of licensed therapists across dozens of specialties. So you can connect with someone that's trained for just what you need, whether it's friendship stuff, relationship stuff, family, drama, whatever you got, Talkspace fits you into their schedule to fit your busy schedule. They also have a chat, video, and audio option for live sessions so you can get support on your own terms from any device. Basically, you know, you're texting all day. Wouldn't it be nice if you could text with a therapist too instead of a friend who probably has no idea how to help you and has is also going through the same stuff? Get the one size fits one support that you need with Talkspace. Sign up today at Talkspace.com and you'll get $100 off your first month with promo code ACME. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com with promo code ACME. And I also love how Talkspace supports this podcast. So let's support them and their amazing options for therapy. Talkspace.com, promo code ACME.
I had been seeing and getting ads for Athletic Greens on my Instagram for so long. And I was like, okay, what is this? What is this? And months ago, I got it for myself. And I told Dear Media, like, we got to work with this company because this actually has been working for me. I'm going to the bathroom more regularly. I am just feeling good because all I'm doing is putting one delicious, by the way, scoop of athletic greens with some water. And I'm absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that help me start my day right. I actually like bonded with a friend at this wedding I was at last weekend because she's also obsessed with athletic greens. And she was like, it actually has been so beneficial for my life. Not only do I go regularly, which does anything else matter, honestly, but I have energy, energy. Like everyone's always asking me, how do I get energy other than sleeping? And like, this is how by consuming this because Athletic Greens is there for you. It wants you to stay healthy and it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's way cheaper than your cold brew habit. Not hating, just stating, you know? Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into a new season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. I'm so grateful for these travel packs because I've been bringing them to all my weekends. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Acme. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Acme to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, so you guys are dating. You're a fish. You've said I love you. How and when did the conversations about your future together come about. Is mm-hmm. he your is he your same age, by the way? He is. Okay. The same age, yeah. Okay. And so like did you talk about engagement before it happened or did you kind of know that that was where you were heading? We definitely talked about it. And I was definitely like very proactive about making sure that 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 we were like on the same page and that, you know, he and I've always had a lot of dating anxiety. So that was super important to me to make sure that he was on the same page as me and and wanted to get engaged in a certain timeline. Maybe he was a little, he was probably a little bit behind me, mm-hmm. I would say, to be totally honest. But we were in, we were close enough in range to where it was fine. Like I could wait a little longer and maybe he was like a little quicker than he, in his ideal world, if he was the only one in the relationship yeah. would pick. But it was very important to me because I, I did always have like, I, I think that's where a lot of my dating anxiety was like a fear of rejection or a fear of being left or a fear of fear of being abandoned. And so making sure he had the same goals as me was always something I was sort of like on top of. And it's mm-hmm. funny now that I'm married, I feel like I can like relax more even after getting engaged. I'm kind of like, all right, well, like I know you're here. I know you're not going anywhere. I have less deep anxiety about you just randomly leaving. Yeah, that's such a good point. Everyone's like, does it feel different now that you're married? And like, other than saying husband mm-hmm. and wife, not so much, except for the point that you just made, which is that 
I feel almost like sedated when it comes to dating because I'm like, I literally do not have to worry about anything. Obviously, like I want to proactively, you know, work at my marriage and keep the spark alive. Other than that, like nothing, you know, nothing is like, it's like now that that's checked off, I guess I can focus more on like my career and like, you know, other things that are important, but it's, it feels nice to have that like breath and like, you know, release and totally agree. No more worry in that, in that department. Right. It just feels like the game is taken out of it entirely. Mm. And you can just sort of like, I think about in terms of attachment, just like theory and style too, where it's like the babies who feel like so secure, they feel like they can like go out into the world and like do their thing. And because they know that, you know, their mom is like, they're just like, wait, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. waiting to pick them up if they fall down. Right. And getting married does kind of feel like that. Like I feel like I could take more risks or for sure. Or be out in the world doing like more interesting things. For sure. But also because you're married to someone good, like great for you. Otherwise right. you wouldn't feel that way. Like it's like like you just said, like you you're you now feel like you can take rest. Like I feel like you have to be with the right partner to to now then have those like feelings. Because, like, you know, like, they're holding it down or holding you down, whatever it is, you know? Totally. You get, like, if they're secu- if you feel like the relationship is secure, you feel secure doing, you know, exactly, things Exactly. Because, like, surprisingly, there are people who get married and don't have that feeling yet. You know, they still, like, are nervous when, you know, their husband goes out with the boys and... It's not good. Yeah. I mean, that to me, that like defeats the whole purpose is like then the stability of being in like a long term relationship is feeling like secure that you can do all that stuff. Exactly. So you said that you were proactive about, you know, making sure you're on the same page. How do you do that? Like what was the what was the dialect? The dialect was, you know, when do you feel like you'd like to get married? When do you feel like you'd want to you feel like a couple should move in together. Those were all questions yeah, yeah, I had yeah. asked probably earlier than maybe like one should or even, but just in the sense of wanting to get on the same page, wanting to know where that person's head was at. And I think my husband was probably a little slower and also, you know, he had seen, he had a lot of friends who had moved in with people and it didn't work out. And he was very in, like intent on making sure that we like lived together first and that that was going well before taking the next step, which is, I mean, nice, I guess. Like it's logical. My He's like probably one of the most logical people I know, which can be annoying because it's sort of like the opposite of romance is logic. So he was always making sure that we were like going at a speed that he felt comfortable with and that he felt like secure in the first step before taking in the next step. Mm-hmm. I love that you asked, when should a couple move in together instead yes. of like, when should we move in together? I always suggest that to our listeners. Like if, if they're like, you know, how do I know when he wants to get married? I always would be, or I would say like, why don't you ask when he sees himself marrying whoever he married? You know what I right. mean? As opposed no. to being like, when do you see yourself marrying me? Totally it's agree. It's just like less pressure. It's less pressure. It feels less aggressive. And it's really just like, it also can be seen as, even though obviously it's about your particular situation, it's really about how does this person view dating? How do they, you know what I mean? Like what is, what are their dating goals? How do they, what are, how do they see it playing into their life? I think it tells you a lot about that in addition to obviously how they feel about you in that other role. (laughs) 100%. And when you guys were having these conversations, you're, so you're Jewish Mm -hmm. and your husband is not Jewish. Right. From when I stalked and and figured out, did religion come up in terms of like, you know, how are we going to raise our kids? What's Mm -hmm. more important? Which one of us is, if any, if either is going to like cave or, or not at all? I had brought, I, I had brought up religion actually probably a month or 
a month or so into dating. And I asked, you know, if he would be comfortable if we had wound up, if we wound up getting married, would, is that, would he be okay to raise his kids Jewish? Because that was something that was important to me. Um, and I didn't need him to like be Jewish or convert to Judaism. I'm not particularly religious. And I would say he, he is, he loves Christmas, but that's probably the extent of his religious involvement. And he was like totally fine with it. Again, hypothetically at the time. So it really, it wound up being fine. And I'm glad I kind of got that out of the way in that situation. Like I, I remember being like, I want to wait long enough where it does. It's not like jarring, but not so long that if his answer is not one that I would like, that it's that I've now invested so much time and energy and I'm really attached to this person. Yeah, that's smart. I feel like that's the right time. And did you go ring shopping or did you like send him a picture? Wait, can I see it? Oh, sure. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. So is yours. I can see it from across the table. It's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah. So what did you do? Did you ring chop? Yeah, I went with a friend mm-hmm. and I went to go look at rings. Again, like I said, I was always I was always probably like a step ahead of him. So I was very proactive about it. I went to go look. Um and I I gave him the number of the jeweler and I said, When you're ready, like she knows what I want. <laughs> So direct. So, yeah, I would say I, I definitely took it into my own hands. I love it. It's so, an important, it's an important, it's like, so uh, important. purchase. It's so, know? it's such an important purchase. I, I also, I like that you went ring shopping, but not with him. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like, I mean, unless you're in Sweet Home Alabama and like they open uh, Tiffany's. I don't know if you remember that scene. But it's not like this romantic thing. It kind of, for me at least, it, it felt like it would have taken a little bit of the romance out of it if I was like, with him and he was seeing the ring on me before he had picked it out. But I did think it was really necessary for him to know what I wanted. So in the most passive aggressive way possible, I sent a photo to his best friend of the ring that I wanted. Oh, wow. But had you discussed engagement before that? We had discussed it. His best friend actually asked me to send him the photo. Oh, So okay. it was like not that. That's a aggressive. great sign. Yeah, it was, it was, a really, it was a really good sign. <laughs> no one who's not looking to propose as their best friend to, to text their girlfriend and be like, ask her about well, her ring preferences. Well, that's the one thing that this best friend was definitely not prompted by Steven at all. He is the kind of person that is married with a kid. And so he's like, just wants all of his friends to get there. Okay. So he was like, you need to get engaged. Send me, he's also European and really funny. He's like, you need to get engaged. Send me the ring. Like, send me the ring that you want and I'll show him. Little did I know though, at that at that time, he had already had a conversation with, with Steven and he had said that he was going to propose. So he knew more than I did, but I was just excited to be able to send the ring and make sure it was the right one, you know? That's great. I love that you had such a short engagement. Looking back, I feel like I definitely would have done that. I was engaged for like a little over a year and it's just unnecessary. Like, I feel like you can like to be able to do the decisions like so much quicker and like just have it. You know what I mean? Like you, sometimes you have too much time. Right, right. And it makes you, it just drags out a process and I feel like it would be more fun if it were. Totally, but five months is tough. These weddings, I know, I know you're listening. You're like, shut the, shut up about the weddings. But I have to tell you, like they take a lot out of you and I'm not talking about my wedding anymore. So relax. I'm talking about other people's weddings. And this is just my life right now. This is just what I'm going through. And at the end of the day, at the end of the night, I don't have the energy to have sex. Like I don't. And and maybe I do and Steven does, or maybe Steven does and I don't. But I sometimes need to open my Dipsy app and that's okay. Like, because I I love 
having an orgasm before bed. It just makes me sleep so much better. And sometimes sex is just, it's just too much. It's just too much effort. I'd rather go on Dipsy and find some sexy ass story. Maybe it's of, of something that happened at a wedding. Whatever I'm into that night or thinking about, Dipsy has hundreds of stories to choose from and they release new content every single week. So there's always more to explore. They also have wellness sessions to help you wind down and sleep sessions to help you drift off. So like what's better than drifting off to sleep after having a mind-blowing orgasm? I don't know. I honestly, if you know, please tell me because I that's the best thing ever. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash Acme. That's 30 days full of free access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash Acme. That's dipsystories.com slash Acme and you will be sleeping better. You'll be feeling better and you'll be having a lot more orgasms. dipsystories.com slash Acme. Another thing that really helps me with my mental health is just like self-care. And I was like, what's a way that I can self-care and actually have fun? And I figured it out. And that way is to have amazing shoes that make me want to get outside. I got these Merrill, they're called Women's Thermo Chill Mid Waterproof. They're actually on sale right now. So you should definitely be checking them out on the Merrill website. And they're so like perfect for just getting outside and like going on a hike, especially right now, this spring weather is on point. And that just makes me feel so much better at the end of that because I'm like, I'm feeling good. My endorphins are kicking in. I can now have a kick-ass brunch. And speaking of brunch, if you haven't already gotten your ticket to our brunch show on April 3rd, you better because we are selling out. We only have a few left. But if you go on Instagram, the link is in my bio on my We Met at Acme Instagram. So get your ticket now. April 3rd brunch show at Caroline's. You can come in after you've gone on your hike and get some nachos. And your wedding was absolutely beautiful. I'm actually going to a wedding at the venue that you had yours oh, really? in, in two weeks. Oh, yeah. awesome. Actually, three weeks. And I'm very excited because of your wedding photos, which I've stalked extensively. I've also been to that hotel before, and it's gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, the weather is better for your friend's wedding than for mine. Oh, it was definitely... Did, yeah. It didn't look like it was bad. It was. It really was only really bad. The ceremony, it rained yeah. a lot. And mm-hmm. it was like... It was just... It's almost more like the stress of... Because especially in the Caribbean, Mexico, you're not really sure if it's going to rain, when it's going to rain, and the weather forecast isn't really that helpful. Yeah. So it was really more about the stress of like wondering when and if it was going to rain than the actual rain itself. But how did you combat that stress? Were you like, did you have a panic attack? Like, I'm just imagining myself in that situation. I was definitely very stressed out, but it was kind of just like, reminding yourself that no matter what happened, it was like people are on vacation, they're having fun. Everyone around me was really positive. And I'm sure like, you know, if you have good friends who are like mm. just saying, you know what I mean? They, they're they having a good time. My concern was like, is everyone going to be like miserable, like sitting in the rain? And everyone was just like, took it in stride. They're on vacation. They were having like a good time and they were not particularly concerned. So I think that helped put me at ease. But I was definitely... 
Yeah. Definitely stressed. <laughs> well, that's what's so great about a destination wedding. It's like you're you're giving them this vacation. So like right. if if for some reason it rains on, you know, one of the hours of their weekend, they're still going to be having a good time. They're still going to be day drinking or whatever people do to have fun on vacation. So, but like I'm curious because this would have pissed me off so much. Did anyone text you about the weather that day? Not that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say leading up there was like you know, how are you doing? And I mean, like the the night we got there, it was like, it was before any of the events started, but there was like this torrential downpour. Like anytime that you like left, you would just, um, and everything's outside. So right. it's like, you would get drenched. And we were just, I was sitting with, with Mike and we were just kind of like, what if it's like this all weekend? Like, it's going to be like completely miserable. I mean, the whole reason we wanted to do it there was to get married on the beach. So it was very much like, a high stress moment, yeah. like just thinking it could be like that. Thankfully, that was the worst night. But I mean, worst, we would have just done it indoors if it was like very clear, but it was just very unclear if it was going to be raining or not raining. And I don't know, that would definitely added an extra layer to it. But looking back now, it's like kind of cute story. So it's yeah, funny. it's definitely a cute story. And <laughs> also, isn't it good luck? I think so. Is that what they say? I think it's what yeah. they say to like make brides okay with it. Yeah. But it's still good luck in my eyes. Also, your after party dress was incredible. I mean, all your looks were, we both wore Mira. Yes. And we both got our dresses at Mark Ingram. I love yours. I like would have worn that style, but my boobs are just like out of control sometimes. So. Oh, thank um, you. I loved, I love the, the strapless one too. And I, I mean, I, that was a concern of mine too with the boobs. Mm-hmm. Um, I wound up getting like the Hollywood tape thing, but I was oh, definitely yeah. leading up to it. That was another thing that was causing me anxiety. Like, <laughs> will they stay where they are supposed to? I'm not really sure. Yeah. It looked <laughs> like they did. Um, so you mentioned before that before you met Mike, you weren't in like a serious relationship that you had had a series of like three monthers Mm -hmm. and three month relationships are just like a hot topic right now because of Taylor Swift with the all too well, which is all about one. And somebody actually asked if we could do a deep dive on why three month relationships are so painful and so important. So what was that like for you with the three month, you know, stints? I think... Having a lot of dating anxiety, I would probably get overinvested in people that I didn't really even know that well. I mean, look at hindsight's twenty to twenty. I wouldn't say that probably in the moment, but looking back, I think I was like very invested in the idea of these people being my boyfriend, mm. and I would look at it like I had whatever I had to do to like make sure that they were going to date me was like a big priority for me. When I should have been looking at it, at it like, do I like? You know what I mean? Do these things that they're doing that cause me this anxiety? Should I shouldn't I be turned off by them? Them, but instead of being turned off, I was like, how do I change my behavior to get them to like me? And I think being in that mindset is probably what felt what made the them inevitably leaving so painful. And I also think it probably led them to be more. I was more likely to be broken up with because I had that stance. Because people can sort of like feel that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like. <laughs> So many people can relate to that feeling of like, what can I do to keep them interested in me when it's only once we kind of like are more, you're older and like look back and again, hindsight, like why would I have wanted to be with somebody that made me feel like I had to do something different about myself to be with them? But in the moment, it's so hard and it kind of feels like a challenge. And like as women, we love like a challenge. We love like the fix up situation. Like, oh, he's not into me. And like, you know, he's, he 
he's sleeping with a bunch of girls, but like I can pick, like right. I can change that. I can I'll make him monogamous. One. Yes. And I think Taylor Swift, especially like that, like her, that whole like red album is like basically encompasses the feelings of all of those three monthers, which is why, I mean, I loved it when it came out and it just, you know what I mean? Give, it takes you back to that place of like, this is kind of what it likes. It feels like to think of this relationship, which isn't a relationship as this like deep dramatic thing because you are, it feels almost more hurtful than a real relationship because you put the person on a pedestal. Yeah. And you don't really know their like bad side. And she actually, I don't know if this was on red. I don't think it was, but her song out of the woods, which was like about her relationship with Harry Styles. It's all about like, are we out of the woods yet? Are we in the clear? And that's like what we were talking about, you know, when we're we're married, we're in the clear. But the woods is like when you're, you know, in those first three months and you're like, are we there yet? Like, can we stop doing this like dance of like, can we just, it's like the pre I love you stage of, of a relationship. But then as my best friend says, after I love you comes the farts and then you're kind of good <laughs> Very for a little true. bit. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you some of the questions that were submitted by your fans. Oh, cool. So one person said, what's a reality of marriage that is better than your expectation? I mean, I guess what we were just talking about before right. with the security is definitely mm-hmm. one thing. It's also, I would say, better than engagement because you are not dealing with the stress of planning a wedding, right. which is a huge part of your engaged life. So I felt like, again, like that added to that feeling of like calm and just like relaxation because mm-hmm. you're you also are not undergoing this huge financial and emotional event that you're planning together. Right, right. Also, it's so funny. I had this moment the other day. I'm like the spender and my husband's like the saver. Okay, same. And <laughs> I I bought a pair of shoes and I they were expensive. And I kind of sat him down or we were sitting down at dinner and I was like, I just want you to know, like I bought, and I was really nervous about it. I don't know why. I was like, I bought these shoes and he was like, how much were they? And I told him and he was like, okay, like, nice. that's fine. You combine all your finances? We, we haven't yet, but okay. like we're, you know, heading in that direction. But I felt like when we were like before we were engaged or maybe, maybe just before we were married, he was like so judgmental about like my spending. Okay. And now he was just like, okay. And I was like, oh, like that's also extremely calming to me. You know, I don't know what it was about the fact that we were married that made him change his tune about my spending. But I, I had imagined that like after the marriage, he would get more crazy about like being like, don't spend that, you know? No. And I think that like, that's a great point as to why I actually feel like men are a lot of the times more romantic, right? Because like, we're kind of all about getting to that point. And men, once they've decided they want to marry you or once they've decided they want to like take that step and like make it real, they, I think are fully like accepting of, whoever you are when right. they, they've like already done the analysis. And I think a lot of women are like, I just need to get to that point. I just need to get to that point. And then once they're in that point, they're like, okay, now here's the things that I need to change. Yeah, yeah. Now that I have you, we're going right. to like fix you up. Exactly. It's like radical ex- acceptance yeah. from the men. Okay. So you mentioned m- multiple times how you were anxious when dating. Somebody asked how to become less of an anxious dater. Well, I would say it's definitely not an over, it's not like there's one thing that you can do. It took me like many years of therapy to sort of figure out, I think it's a lot of it. It's like your own personal self-esteem is definitely plays into it. And I mean, I used to talk to my therapist about this all the time where there's like, I think there's like four or five areas of your life, right? And I, in an ideal world, you should be like sort of equally concerned with all of them, like work, your health, 
relationships, friendships. Like, I don't know if I'm even naming them correctly, but essentially like all these different aspects and like your ideal world is to get all of them sort of like equally weighted. And for me, relationships were always like 70% of it and everything else was sort of like on the back end. So I think a lot of it was figuring out how to weight those out and how to like, I don't know, there was just so much stress for me around dating and it took a lot of years in therapy to really like figure out how to unlearn some past behaviors and unlearn some thoughts that were drilled into me as a kid to, again, weight out those other things. Yeah, I think for me with this, what helped me was kind of not like following rules necessarily, but like having having something like like a set of rules to fall back on and mm-hmm. not in like the, you know, like army kind of way, but more so like, for example, if I was getting anxiety every time I texted them, just let them text me. You know, because for for me, like that, that helped me, that helped me know that like they were interested and like helped me focus on the facts versus like my emotions kind of playing, like coming up with some story of, you know, oh, they're not doing this because they're not doing this. Like if I just let, let it kind of unfold for me instead of trying to interject when I was having anxiety about if they liked me that second then I felt like I got more security from it. But like, of course, these were past relationships that didn't end up working out. But in those moments, that helped me a little bit with anxiety. Right. In the moment to moment aspect of like, I'm having like an internally sort of freaking out. Right. I think that's super helpful. Right. It's just so sometimes there is like such thing as a really risky text. And like, I definitely push the envelope on that a lot of times. And then was so insanely disappointed when I didn't get the exact perfect response back that like looking back, I was like, I just shouldn't have sent that text because if I have so much anxiety about texting this person, like, is this really the person for me? Right. I also think a lot of dating feels so personal and like every rejection just feels like it's easy to to sort of go from this person's not answering my test or this person broke up with me after three months and doesn't want to pursue a relationship with me and therefore there's something wrong with me. And that was a thought I would have mm. frequently when so much of it is about, I think, the 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 match and the way you interact with each other. And just if you can flip it around and just be like, okay, great. This is someone who's like no longer interested in seeing me. I can now go find someone who can do those things. And what did I take from that? Like, what are the positive things that I liked about this person that I'll look for in the next person? And what didn't I like that I'll look for in the next person too. Right. Like everything's a lesson almost. Right. So when you had these three monthers, like, and if nothing ever turned into like, oh, this is my boyfriend, when you would go on dates and someone would be like, so what was your last relationship? Would you refer to like the last person you were seeing? Mm -hmm. Or would you be like, well, I haven't had like a serious relationship yet. I think that was a question that I that I would, I would definitely at some point dread. I mean, I did have relationships like in college, But yeah, nothing too serious, like being in my 20s in New York City. And I think I would say, and I learned, I I think I had someone, one of my friends had given me this advice where if someone asked, you know, you know, why are you still single or what was your last relationship to just be like, I haven't really met the right match yet, which is true. And like, it doesn't, you know what I mean? I think there's like a lot of sense of like, oh, no one's wanted me. I've been on the market for so long. No one's, uh, no one's interested in me. But I think if you turn the phrasing around, which is true, like I haven't met someone that's been the right match for me, it kind of feels more empowering. Yeah. And it's also true. I always, I always tell listeners to say, I haven't found someone I like enough yet. 
There you go. Yeah. It's like, mm, then you, I'm you turn the, the question show. around. Exactly. Yeah. But with Mike, did you, were you just like more outright about it? Like I just, I haven't had a long relationship for a, a bit, you know, or did you kind of mm-hmm. do the same thing? I think I had said like, and this was also true, is that I had been seeing someone for like really on and off who never, who who's never like agreeing to date me for like probably about seven years, like since college. I had met him in college and it was like very up and down and back and forth. And I always kind of felt like we were like close to dating and then he would draw. And that was a really vulnerable thing for me to tell him about because I did think that that also sort of kept, held me back from really finding a serious relationship, just sort of being hung up on this slightly immature, like push and pull of like games with this guy. And that I, I remember I was like a little embarrassed. It was a little of a bit of a um, vulnerable moment for me, but he was like really understanding and got where I was coming from. And that also I think led to him sharing his vulnerabilities about his past relationships. So, mm-hmm. and I think that's sort of what, what differentiates a real serious relationship from like an, a sort of like superficial passing thing is like your ability to really go deeper and say things that aren't like show that you're not perfect, you know? Totally. We actually like got into that on our first date, like our past relationship conversation. When had Mike's last relationship been when you had gotten together? I believe it was like two years before we met. And it was, he had like a super long past relationship. I think it was like nine or 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I knew that he could commit. (laughs) Right, right, right. That's that's always good. A nice resume. Exactly. Um, He stayed at the job for 10 years. (laughs) So, okay. So do you or Mike speak to the people, the seven-year person on off or the nine-year person, or is it like... No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not. Do you do you speak to your exes? No. Okay. <laughs> Never. What's the point? Yeah. I mean, if I ran into them, if I ran into him like at anything, I would say hello, but it definitely, I would not be like keeping in touch. I don't really believe in that. Yeah, there's no point. What were ways that you started conversations on dating apps or like pickup lines that you use? Pickup lines are not a thing, but I guess just like opening lines. I think when I started to get more serious about dating, the I would probably try to be more specific about like mentioning something in their profile. But I think when I thought I was too cool, it would probably just be like a hey. I was never like that good at the apps, I think, because you actually really have to like try when you're using them. Yeah. If you have used them, I don't really feel like they're going to be effective. Agreed. Where did you meet your husband? We kind of knew each other. So he went to high school with one of my best friends from college who was a bridesmaid. And they were close. So we had met like in 2015 and then we ran into each other at the two months before the pandemic, crazy enough. And I was seeing someone, but like the relationship was kind of ending and, and he like hit on me not knowing that I was in a relationship and Fast forward to then when I was single, I like had remembered him from that and and reached out to him and was like, I'm single now, like if you want to grab a drink oh, wow. and that's like the dream. Yeah. It was <laughs> it was it was great. IRL. Um, IRL. You, you know IRL. You know all about him. Very yeah. rare. But I had got, like dated seriously people from apps before that. Right. Like I never thought that I would be like an IRLer, you know? I was like so prepared to be like we met online, you right. know, to everyone who would ask. And that was fine with me. But I think it was because I accepted that, that I did, had an IRL situation, you know? Right. I think this is from someone that listens to you up. They said, believing in the one opinion, you should debate it. I guess that means that you don't believe in the one. No, I don't. Do you? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I believe in ones. 
several ones. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you call when you when you replace the word the one with like a match for you, mm-hmm. then yeah, I believe in like several met like I think there's many people on this planet that like I could probably be in a happy relationship with. That doesn't make I don't think take anything away from my relationship with my husband. But um I get that question a lot. Like, when did you know Mike was the one? When did you know like it was the one? And I'm kind of like, to me, that sort of, it creates this like rom-com, like romantic sort of like pressurized fantasy world of like, once you meet the one, everything else, like you don't have to do anything and everything just falls into place and it's magical. And that's not really like, to me, that's not the reality. The reality is like, I found someone who's a great match for me who has similar values and like wants the same things that I do and we get along very well and we love each other. And I think that like, that's great, but like, it doesn't have to, why does it have to be like, there's one person in the world for me? Right. I also think that's so sad for people who lose a spouse to put that thought in their head of like, oh, I'll never find the one because I found the one. Totally. Or what if they leave you? Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So I think, I think to rephrase it, it's like, when did you know Mike was someone that you could really be happy with and make it work with? Right. Like, yeah. And to me, that's a, that's a great healthy question. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, you know what I mean? It's not as, uh, it doesn't feel as, you don't see that in like pop. It's not as like story, like news headline worthy right. sounding. Right. Are you actually asking that or is that? No, like, no, no, uh, no, no, okay. no. Like, like I think that's yeah. how, I think that's how okay. it should be asked. I think that's how I'm going to ask people that I'm friends with who are dating someone. How do you reset after a fight with Mike? Oh, wow. I've worked a lot on therapy about that too. And I think that's the other thing. I think people assume once you meet quote unquote, the one again, like everything is fine, but all relationships take work and all, you know, especially in the beginning, I think figuring out like the way that someone's head works is probably the biggest hump that you have to get over to not take things personally. And to just realize like once you actually know someone, things become a lot less personal. Mm hmm. So how do I reset? I think I have a tendency to react very quickly. And um, if I feel something, I I blow it up in my head and I overanalyze it. So what I found works well for me is to sort of, it's it's funny because people are like, don't go to bed angry. But I actually don't really believe that. Sometimes I like to go to bed angry. And then the morning I can actually think like, is this thing that was really bothering me actually a big deal? And if it is, I now have the space to really get into it in a healthy way where I'm not like attacking the person. Right. And if it's not, sometimes I just let it go. If I don't, if I wake up the next day and I actually don't really care about it, then I cannot mention it. And I also think that's fine. Yeah. I, so I, I disagree about the going okay. to bed angry thing just because for me, that would give me like just annoyance because for me, most of my fights with Steven are f- me starting them. Okay. Like I'm the shit stir for like no reason. Like I just like, will start a dramatic, unnecessary fight. And then I just end up feeling so bad about it that like, unless, unless on the rare occasion that it was him, then I would for sure go to bed angry because I'd be like, I'm going to fucking show you. But because it's usually me, I'm like, and we do this like hand squeezing thing before bed. And like, if we're, if we're really, you know, mad at each other, like neither of us are going to go for the hand squeeze. But like when I've started up, I will initiate the hand squeeze knowing that I did some some dumb shit, you know. Oh, that's cute. It's like a sign. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It's like your give. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, there's so much, there's so many great questions here, but I know we only have a few, a few more minutes. So I'm gonna try to pick and choose. Somebody says, so this is someone on again, a you up listener, how to stop 
picking drunk fights with your significant other for no reason. You've talked about this before. I have. I mean, that's something, again, I've worked very hard to not to not do. And I, and I think it's funny because like nothing is super linear. So it's not like, oh, I did this one day and now I never do it again. And I think a lot of the things that I've learned, one is to drink less. Mm-hmm. I would say that helps. <laughs> that always helps mitigate those fights. But another thing is what I've really learned, the best way to do that is if I have a problem with someone or if I'm saying he's doing something that's annoying me, I need to say it before we start drinking. Because if I say it, if I don't say it, then it's just like this thing in the back of my head. And and then when I'm drinking, it suddenly gets amplified and it becomes even worse than it actually was. Right. And it comes out in a way that is not productive or helpful and just causes like an unnecessary fight. So I always know if, if I'm, I'm, I'm never going into a drinking situation with him where I haven't expressed something and resolved it beforehand. That's very good advice. Someone, okay, this is like such an interview, like actual like job interview question, but where do you see Betches in 10 years? Oh, wow. Where do I see Betches? I see Betches uh, just, you know, expanding all of our content into all sorts of, you know what I mean, products and Mm -hmm. more podcasts to reach people for all their different interests and, you know, growing on whatever social media platform has emerged 10 years from now that doesn't even exist yet. And just continuing to uh, to entertain women at all phases of their life, maybe uh, Betches moms of uh, of teenagers at that yeah. point. <laughs> yeah, or Real Housewives of Betches. There you go. Okay, last two. This this is again definitely someone who's a, a big fan of Betches because I don't know what this means, but you probably will. Who was head pro from the original blog? His name is Ian Lang. Oh. And he used to write for us. Not a very interesting story. I think someone was expecting it to be Jared. It was not Jared. Although they both have a very, I would say, funny, interesting take on like the male dating point of view. But it is not Jared. Okay. And last one. And then I'm going to hear about your honeymoon. And so does everyone else. Biggest pinch me moment about Betches. Huh. I would say You Up has been like a really great outlet for me creatively. And just, I would say, selling out shows for, for that podcast has been something that's been really exciting. And really just, I guess, the idea that it's been 11 years and we're still, you know, I look at my other co-founders. I think you've had Sammy on here too. Yeah. And Eileen, it's just kind of like we started this when we were like literally just like joking at like 21 (laughs) just from our apartment just as a complete joke. And here we are and we have like all these employees and it's not like a moment, but it's just kind of like looking at each other and being like, we thought this was a joke and here we are. It's a huge, (laughs) it's a huge moment. I was in the office Mm -hmm. the other day, your office, and- I was shook by how many people work there. And it's like this really fun seeming group of amazing women. So you should definitely be so proud. And where are you going on your honeymoon? So I'm going to Sri Lanka, the Maldives, and then like 36 hours in Dubai because we have a layover there on our way back. So uh, we're just going to see it real quick. That's so much fun. Are you going to like unplug or, you know, pre-record episodes so you don't have to deal with any of that while you're there? Yeah, we definitely are pre-recording um, the episodes for the podcast that I'm on. But I feel like I'll still like check in on emails from time to time. And I mean, I'm sure you know this, like one of the perks of like working for yourself and being your own boss is kind of like it doesn't it's not like, oh, I have to like answer. To, it's more like you want to do it because it's like you care. It's your business. And yeah, I'll like answer an email there. I'm not going to, I don't think that that would be stressful. I think that right. would be like, I would feel like 
I miss, you know, almost like your child, like you're checking right, on right. your child. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I tried, I like didn't do social media, but I definitely was still on my email when it was important. Yeah. And like, you know, posting pictures from my honeymoon, just not posting like business related things on social. And do you have like a list of books slash do you want one? For my for my trip, I would love, yeah. I would okay. love books. I just, it's funny. I, my Kindle just broke. So I'm getting back into the, um, ordering a new one, but it's not coming for a while. So I'm getting back into the actual paper book. There's something special thing. about it. It's kind of, yeah. really is. Especially no, when you're like nice. on a beach, you know, holding a book. It's, it's special. It feels more real. It does. Yeah, right? It really does. Um, so can you leave us with a quote or piece of advice? Something that's helped you or maybe that you've gathered through you up throughout the years. Let's think. I think the the thing that's changed my life the most or that I wish I knew more when I was younger, when I was dating, is the idea of dating based on like knowing yourself and your own, setting your own standards. And I think I used to date a lot for other people to, you know, just to, to get the, to get the guy, to get him to, to do, you know, to commit or to show me that I was worthy. And I think my whole life changed when I looked at it based on like knowing my worth and the idea that. I should find someone who who fits what I'm looking for as opposed to trying to change myself to fit into whatever they were looking for. Yeah, I love that. It's so true. Where can everybody find you, follow you, and listen to you up? Um, you can listen to you up wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me at Jordana Abraham and you can follow Betches on all of our Betches Instagrams and podcasts and check it out. Thank you so much for having me. This cool. was so much fun. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> 